And now, WBW Theater. Welcome to WBW Theater. Listen to a series of radio dramas, comedies, mysteries, thrillers, westerns, all dedicated to preserving the golden age of radio. Those thrilling days of yesteryear, way back when families gathered together around the living room radio to join the theater of the mind. Listen now as we take you way back when imagination ruled and creativity had no limits. Listen now to WBW Theater. Believe it or not. The Baker's Broadcast, presented in behalf of the 30,000 bakers in the United States and Canada, with Ozzie Nelson and his orchestra, and, believe it or not, Robert Ripley. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ozzie Nelson. We're answering your many kind requests and playing our old favorite, Rigamarole. in the air, some of the strangest and most daring aeronautical feats ever recorded. 
And tonight we have as an added guest one of the greatest flyers of all, Mr... Wait a minute, Ben. Now, that's my job. Well, okay. Excuse me, Bob. Here he is, believe it or not, Robert Ripley. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. Hello, Ozzy. Hello, Bob. Glad to see you. What's all this airplane business? The China Clipper get you? Yes, sir, Ozzy. I think the flight of the China Clipper is one of the greatest ever made. Imagine it. 16,000 miles over the ocean? Yeah, but seagulls have been doing it for years. Oh, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. Believe it or not, Ozzy, man has learned more about flying in the last 20 years than birds have ever learned since they've worn feathers. Man can fly higher, faster, longer than any bird that ever flapped a wing. No bird ever flew as high as Kukanaki, the Russian, who flew nine miles straight up in the air only two weeks ago. No bird ever flew as long as the Key Brothers of Mississippi, who stayed in the air constantly for more than 27 days. And no bird ever flew as fast as Lieutenant Argello when he piloted his plane at the terrific speed of 441 miles an hour over Lake Garda a year ago. And besides, man can do barrel rolls, tail spins, loop-the-loops, fly upside down and through snow, sleet, fog, and rain. And so, believe it or not, Ozzy, the birds should be taking lessons from our aviators, believe it or not. Now, do you realize, Ozzy, how fast Lieutenant Argello was going when he flew 441 miles an hour? Almost as fast as a bullet, I He was going faster than a bullet. He was actually traveling at the rate of 638 feet a second. And a bullet from a policeman's revolver travels only 600 feet a second. So a jello would be perfectly safe because such a bullet could never catch up with him. He could actually overtake it and by reaching out his hand, pick it right out of the air. Strange things they do in the air these days. And strange sights you see in the air too, Ozzy. You know, a question, question often asked me is, what is the most beautiful sight on Earth? Well, I think the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in all my travels was a triple circular rainbow, which I saw 10,000 feet in the air. Well, what's a triple circular rainbow? Rainbows that are completely round, Ozzy. They're really rain circles, not rainbows. All rainbows appear circular from an airplane. On this occasion, I was flying over the Amazon River when three brilliant rainbows appeared one inside the other. Words cannot describe the sheer beauty of this brilliant spectacle. And in the center of the innermost circle was the shadow of our airplane. We floated along with this heavenly sight below us for several hours the shadow of the plane always remaining in the exact center, always the same size. The shadow always the same size? How yeah. could that be, Bob? Well, you see, the sun is so far from the Earth that no matter how high or low an airplane flies, its shadow remains the same size, whether it's 10 feet or 10,000 feet in the air. Gee, that's interesting. I've always wanted to do more flying myself. Well, I guess everybody does, Ozzy. I'd like to tell you about one man who wanted to fly more than anything else in the world. Let me draw you a radio sketch. It happened in 1926, just nine years ago. The scene is an oil field in Seminole, Oklahoma. Two men are talking as they work over the repair anvils, forging chains. Hey, buddy, watch those chips flying. They're white hot. Yeah, I'm watching them. Boy, that one just missed you. Better be careful, bud. If you're faced up one of those chips, it'll be just too bad. Dangerous work, son. 
Been in tougher spots, though. Yeah. Timekeeper said something about you being an aviator. And I'm blaming for quitting. I haven't quit. I'm only taking time out to make some money. As soon as I've saved enough, I'm buying my own plane. Never had one of your own, huh? No, but I will someday. I'm going to save my money, and when I get enough, it's going to be goodbye oil field. <laughs> Take a little while to do it on what you're making here, won't it, bud? No, I don't know. Saw a second-hand plane over at the airport today. It's a honey. Canadian Jenny that I could have bought for 1500 if I'd have had it. This client's kind of got you, son, ain't it? Got me? Brother, I'd give my right eye to own a plane of my own. Hey, uh, you bought that airplane yet? What? That, that, uh, uh, Jenny you were talking about yesterday. Oh, no. Not yet. What a ship. She needs a little fixing up, but she's got plenty of what it takes. I went over again last night to take another look at her. I can just see her painted up and sore and through the sky. Watch out! Oh, oh. What is it? What is it? My, Let me see. It. Let me see. Get your hand I away. I can't see. Guys, you're full of blood. Hey, you guys, get a doctor right away. Okay, bud. How is it? Any easier now? I can't see. I can't see a thing. Take it easy now. Take it easy. Hey, what's the matter? Fella here just hurt his eye. His eye? Yeah. Hey, who is it? Jenny plane. So what's the matter with your eye? Had a little accident over at the oil field. Oh, gosh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's a funny thing. The day before the accident, I said I'd give my right eye to own this plane. Well, I gave my left eye instead. What do you mean? The day after I made that crack, I had this accident and collected $1,800 compensation for my eye. Got a bill of sale for that ship? Yeah, but say, are you going to try to fly with one eye? Let me worry about that, brother. Someday, with that one eye, I'm going to fly around the world. Well, that's a luck to you, bud. Yeah, here's a bill of sale. Now, wait till I get my pen. Ah, there we are. Now, what's your name? Post. And uh, what's your first name? Wiley. Wiley Post. That is exactly how Wiley Post acquired his first airplane. Fate took him at his word and deprived him of his eye, but gave him a plane which started him on a career that included his astounding, record-breaking, round-the-world flight. Believe it or not. RKO picture to beat the band, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, and sung by Billy Trash. Trouble by the toe. If it hollers, let it go. Let it fly away. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. It's the saying high and low. Hear it everywhere you go. Any time of day. Big Ben rings it. Valley sings it. Ozzy swings it. Even Mr. Crosby bings it. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch a trouble by the toe. If it hollers, let it go. Let it fly away. Ooh, 
Say, uh, say, Bob, have you got to believe it or not for me? Uh, yes, Ben, I think so. Uh, here's something that should interest you. In England during the war, when England's food supply was low, a committee of doctors and scientists recommended that all foods be rationed except one. They said that it was very important that people should be allowed to eat all they wanted of this one particular food. And then that food was bread. And for this reason, boats carrying wheat were given preference even over munition ships. Well, Bob, we now understand much better why bread is such a wonderful food. We now know why a meal is not a perfect and complete meal unless bread is part of it. You see, during the last three years, scientists have been making some amazing discoveries about bread. For instance, they found that bread actually aids the digestion of other foods you eat, besides being very easy to digest itself. Also, that many people feel tired and listless simply because they're not eating enough bread. Bread is our great energy food. It gives you pep, not just for an hour or two, but for several hours. It carries you through from one meal to the next. When you eat plenty of bread, you're much less likely to get a fagged-out feeling about 11 in the morning or 4 in the afternoon. And besides being so good for us, bread is the cheapest prepared food we have. So by eating more bread, you help your health and save money at the same time. Eat several slices at every meal and serve more of the delicious dishes you can make with bread. In your glance And yet you're easy on the eye Whenever I'm with you alone You weave a magic spell And though it be a danger zone I only know that you're swell A little bit independent With your smile a little bit independent in your style But how can I help but love you all the while When you're so easy on the eye Have you any more good believe it or not about flyers? Well, I think I have a real hair raiser. It's about their luckiest man alive. He's Captain Headley, an American aviator. 
During the war, Headley was a machine gunner in a fighting plane piloted by Jimmy Makepeace of Canada. Due to a misunderstanding of signals, Makepeace put the plane into a nosedive so quickly that Headley was thrown out of the plane 10,000 feet in the air. Death never seemed more certain. He thought the end had come as he fell end over end 300 feet through space when suddenly he landed on the tail of his own airplane as it came out of the nosedive. And a little while later, was safe again on land, believe it or not. This flying business sounds like it's all it's cracked up to be. Yes, and now let me tell you an amazing incident concerning two world-famous flyers, Clyde Pangborn and Hugh Herndon. In July 1931, they landed in Japan on a flight from Siberia and were promptly arrested for taking pictures. When they were released uh, a couple of weeks later... They were ordered to leave Japan immediately. Well, what did they do, Bob? They decided to go back to the United States as quickly as they could by making a non-stop flight across the Pacific Ocean. On October the 3rd, the two aviators took off from Samashiro Beach and pointed the nose of their heavily loaded Belanca monoplane toward home. But they'd only gone about 200 miles when Pangborn and Herndon began to exchange glances of grim significance. We can't get any altitude, Clyde. I guess a thousand gallons are too much for this buggy. And look at that fog ahead of us. Yeah. I'm afraid we'll never get above it with this load. How about it? Shall we turn back for Japan? Yeah, and spend the rest of our lives in jail. We got to do something to lighten this ship, and pretty quick. Well, where can we let go? We haven't anything but gas and oil. Yeah, I know. How about the landing gear? Our wheels? Yeah. Yeah, but... But how are we going to land without wheels? Yeah, we'll have to take a chance on that, Hugh. If we don't drop them, it means crashing here into the sea. Yeah, and if we do drop them, it may mean cracking up when we try to land. If we ever see land again. Yeah, well, that's the point. We've got 5,000 miles to go before we have to worry about that. Well, what do you say? Goodbye, wheels? Okay, Clyde. All right. Here goes the lever. There they go. Dropping like bombs into the ocean. Yep. We'll never see them again. Hey, look, Clyde. We're climbing. It's worked. You're right. Nothing to worry about now but crossing the Pacific. Forty-one and a half hours later, Pangborn and Herndon had successfully found the Pacific Ocean. Pretty good to me back there, didn't it to you? Well, I'll say it did. Say you. Yeah. How much gas left? It's nearly gone. Where would you say we were? Well, figuring from the time we passed over Seattle, I'd say we were somewhere near Wenatchee. Well, that's your hometown, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's a swell place to crash. Yeah, that's just what I don't like about it. Listen, Clyde. We're practically out of gas and the fog's getting worse. How well do you know this country? Yeah, like the palm of my hand. Well, what do you say? I say landings have been made before without wheels. It's now or never. What do you say, kid? Okay, Clyde. Let her go. Boy, that was a little narrow. I'll say so. But we made it. Yep. Huey... We're here. Yeah. Well, 
get out of here and see how much damage you've done. Yeah, all right. Now then. Well, propeller's bent a little, but outside of that, the ship seems okay. Yeah. Hey, look at the gang coming. Hey, yeah. Pop! What? What's my brother? What, Craig? Clyde, Lord Fellow, am I glad to Craig. see you. Well, you old so-and-so. Say, how'd you know I was coming? Look here, what's all that crowd for? Well, the newspapers have been full of you and Herndon. Yeah, I took a wild guess you tried to make Wenatchee, and we're here. That's over there in the crowd. She's here, too. Come on, let's go over. Well, in a minute. Got to have your pictures taken first. Oh, no. Say, huh? what happened to your wheel? That uh, ship was too heavy, and we had to drop them overboard. <laughs> oh, we've had lots of fun. Yeah. You know about the Japs putting us in jail, I suppose. Yeah, we read about it. Say, we want to never never want to see another Japanese as long as we live, do we, Hugh? <laughs> Not for a while, anyhow. Well, that's just too bad, Clyde, because there's one here now. Huh? He's here especially to see you, boy. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, let, let's stall him off, will you, while we run... Hey, now, wait a minute. Come here, Mr. Kobayashi. Mr. Pangborn, Mr. Hamden. Uh, uh, yes? Yes. Gentlemen, I represent the Japanese newspaper Asahi. Huh? I take pleasure in congratulating you on your record-breaking flight and hereby present you with a check of $25,000. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Kobe. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, what was that you said about never wanting to see a Japanese again, Clyde? Skip it, first. And now, the scene changes to an automobile supply store in Seattle. It's 17 months later, we find the captain of a small fishing boat talking to the dealer. Say, have you found out anything yet about that tire I brought in here? Yes, I've been in touch with the factory. It's one of our company's tires, all right. Well, what's it worth? Uh, just a minute. Uh, would you mind telling me again just how you found that tire? Sure, it was floating in the water just a few miles out of Seattle, off Cape Flattery. Cape Flattery? Captain, I've got a surprise for you. Do you know that this tire is from the plane in which Pangborn and Herndon made their Trans-Pacific flight? And it was the same wheel that was dropped from the plane off the coast of Japan and was carried by the ocean current 5,000 miles across the Pacific where it was picked up by this fishing boat captain within 100 miles of the exact spot where Pangborn and Herndon landed on the Pacific coast, believe it or not. And now I have a real surprise for you. Let me introduce the man whose story you have just heard the only man to make a non-stop flight over both the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, and one of the outstanding flyers in the history of aviation, Mr. Clyde Pangborn. By the way, Mr. Pangborn, have you figured in any more, believe it or not, incidents, like the one Bob just told us about the tire? Well, there's one I always think of when people tell me that flying is dangerous. What's that one about? This happened back in 1924 on a routine flight I was making with Aaron Kranz. Uh, we got caught in a severe thunderstorm, and something went wrong with our motor, and before we knew it, the plane was on fire. Gosh, what did you do? Kranz did everything he could to lighten the plane, so he wouldn't land with too much of a crash, and do you know one of the first things he threw out of the ship? What? His parachute. His parachute? Yes, anyway, we landed and cracked up a bit, but crawled out of the plane perfectly intact. Franz and I ran to a tree to get out of the rain, congratulating ourselves on the closest escape we'd ever experienced. I tell you, nothing ever looks so good as that nice, safe tree. Sheriff 
karma seemed pretty good to you, eh? Yeah, until lightning struck the tree. What? Yep, we were under it only a second when a bolt of lightning came crashing down right on top of us. Gosh, out of the flying plane and into the fire. And since then, I've been satisfied to take the air, which I think I'll do right now. So long. So long. than you can say Jack Robinson. And I'm going to sing the vocal chorus. In fact, I like to stick to safe things like singing vocal chorus. Known that, we'd have had them at home lots of times. They make it two, waiter. Thank you, madam. Yes, 
everyone liked hot meat sandwiches. Serve them often for lunches and cold-weather suppers. And when your family wants to eat just bread and gravy, let them have it. We now realize that bread is much more of an all-around food than many of us used to think. When you don't have gravy, a good way to serve hot meat sandwiches is to put the meat between slices of toast, cover with cream sauce and grated cheese, and bake a few minutes in the oven. While you're buying bread this week, be sure to get some fruitcake. And don't wait until Christmas to eat it. Have fruitcake often these days. Right up till New Year's, delicious fruitcake is your baker's special, his cake of the month. Now let me say goodnight to you, as the Japanese said to Pangborn and Herndon when they took off on their trans-Pacific flight. Although the Japanese didn't mean it. They're very polite, you know. But they crossed their hands in their sleeves and bowed low and bumped their heads on the ground and said, Sayonara, let thy steps be slow and steady that thou stumble not. The announcer is Ben Brown. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Join us again as we bring you exciting thrills and adventure, rip-roaring comedy, and shoot-'em-up westerns and gangbusters. Next time, when your imaginations will be invited into the theater of the mind with WBW Theater.